make this confession. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it's just that simple. You live the words, you are blessed. You may be seated. Good to see all of you here today. You are in the right place. We had a great first service and looking forward to this service. I want us to thank and welcome all of our visitors in just a moment. But first of all, I want us to welcome Dr. Earl Potts Sr., the pastor of SOW, Stranger Orphan and Widows Church, Dallas, Texas. Why don't you stand? Let's give he and his family a hand. We're glad you are with us. Good to have you here. And for all of the other visitors, may I see your hands again? All of the visitors, real quick, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe some children, okay, 13 maybe. Let's give them another warm welcome. If you have a church, stay where you are and be a blessing to them. If you don't have a church, stay where you are and be a blessing to us. We would love to have you. So it's good to see you. How many of you like to laugh? That's, that's the problem. I saw about 30% of the hands. I just found out your problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, we know your problem. I love to laugh. I believe the word that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We need more strength for what's coming up, and we are going to have it if we have joy in our life. And Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11, my joy I give to you so that your joy may be full. So turn to your neighbor and see what their dipstick looks like. It ought to be full of joy. Are you full of joy, honey? Are you full of joy? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to be talking today about reflecting and refocusing. I felt like the Lord dropped this message in my heart that uh, I'm going to read it in just a moment. Uh, uh, Charles Dickens. Well, I'll read it right now. I never knew where this came from, but I believe that 2014 was a great year. I believe that 2014 had great things and victories for all of us. I believe there were great opportunities for victories that didn't happen the way we had hoped they would. And uh, I think that perhaps uh, throughout 2014, we might experience the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, we want to focus on the good, not on all the other stuff, because it'll take us the right way. And, and as I was praying about this Saturday... This, this dropped in my heart that it was the best of time and it was the worst of time. And I thought, gosh, I've heard that for years. I have no idea where it came from. Now, some of you may know I didn't. And so I, I checked it out, and uh, it's Charles Dickens. And uh, this is what it said. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the season of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us, and we had nothing before us. We were all going directly to heaven, and we were all going the other way. <laughs> Glory to God. I think that pretty much sums up the world today. There's a lot of light in the world, and it will dispel darkness, but there is a lot of darkness in the world, and if you'll let it, it'll push the light. Not out, because darkness cannot overcome light, but if, you leave the, if the light leaves the area of the darkness, then the darkness will intensify, and that's what we have to be careful of. And I believe that there's going to be a great opportunity to release your faith for the things that God has for you 
I believe the darkness is going to continue to intensify, and I believe the light is going to intensify. And we're going to be talking about the fight of faith for 2015. Now, this is not the message for 2015, but this is summing up where we have been in 2014 and where we're going in 2015. How many of you would say that you had some great victories in 2014? Can I see your hands? How many of you would say you had some awesome opportunities that did not look like victories at all? It looked like anything but victory. And it's just the opposite of what God wants. And where our focus goes will determine how we enter into 2015. So tell your neighbor, I'm going to enter into with joy. You think it was funny? You're here for the first service. Okay. So this fits right in with Dickens on what he said here. Good news, bad news for a pastor. So, okay, I'll watch him see how funny they were. Okay, good news, you baptized seven people today in the river. Bad news, you lost two of them in the swift current. (laughs) Good news, the women's group voted to send you a get well card. The bad news, the vote was passed by 31 to 30. (laughs) You'll get that one in a minute. Good news, the Pastor Parish Relations Committee accepted your job description the way you wrote it. The bad news is they were so inspired by it that they asked the bishop to send a new pastor who was capable of filling it. <laughs> These were funnier in the first service. They got a bigger laugh. Uh, is the people or is the joke? Or is it me? Maybe I'm not telling it right. Okay. Good news, the trustees finally voted to add more church parking. The bad news, they're going to blacktop the front lawn of your parsonage. <laughs> Good news, church attendance rose dramatically the last three weeks. Bad news, you were on vacation. (laughs) Good news, your biggest critic just left your community. The bad news, he has been appointed as your conference bishop. (laughs) Good news, the youth of the church came to your house for a visit. Bad news, it was in the middle of the night. They were armed with toilet paper and shaving cream. And the good news, the church council has agreed to send you to the Holy Land for study. The bad news, they're waiting for the war to break out before they send you. Now, that one really wasn't too funny. Now, this is my favorite, though. This is my favorite. All you women, forgive me, okay? I ask ahead of time. Did you think it was funny? Okay. Sometimes, oh, this idea. There it is. It seems there was this minister who had uh, all of his remaining teeth pulled and new dentures were being made. The first Sunday he preached for 10 minutes. Second Sunday he preached for 20 minutes. But on the third Sunday he preached for an hour and 25 minutes. When asked by some in the congregation, he responded this way. Well, the first Sunday my gums were so sore it hurt to talk. The second Sundays, my dentures hurt a lot. And the third Sunday, I accidentally grabbed my wife's dentures and I couldn't stop talking. (laughs) I see elbows moving. I see elbows moving. That's probably not a good thing. I think that is hilarious. I do love to laugh. For all of you that laughed just a moment ago, whether you thought it was funny or not, you released endorphins, they're flowing through your body, you're feeling better about yourself, better about life. And you'll think that was a silly joke, but it was good for you. In, in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, this is the scripture that I felt the Lord gave me as we started the year 2014. 
For all of us, it's hard to imagine that the year is over already. 2014 has come and just about ended. Now we're ready to enter into 2015. And for most of us, we seem to think that the years are going by faster and faster and faster. Maybe they are spiritually. I don't know. There's 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year, 12 months. Uh, you know, everyone is the same. But, but it just seems like life is speeding up. Maybe it's because of some of the technology we have and we're filling our minds and our lives with so much activity. But in verse number six, it says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation and the fear of the Lord is your treasure. And I believe that when we started the year, we said that there would be a great fight between light and dark, light of Jesus and the darkness that's in the world. And that the darkness cannot intensify in the presence of the light because light always dispels darkness. But if you pull the light away from the darkness, then the darkness will intensify. And that you and I are the light to this world. We are the answer for the world because Jesus lives within us and that everywhere we go through the love of Jesus, we have the ability to dispel the darkness that's there. And so what happens in is that we have a year that we've experienced in 2014, every one of you, just like me, where some things went really well for you and some things did not go really well. And you can focus on whatever you want. Reflection is good. It takes a person of rest to be able to sit and reflect and let God show them what they need to reflect upon. And all of us have things in this 2014 year we can reflect upon that are good. They were awesome things and they encourage us and they exhort us and they edify us. And then we have things we can look at that take us the other way. They, they, it wasn't an apparent victory. It was an apparent defeat. And if you look at the thing long enough, it will pull you toward it. If it's a good thing, it's good. If it's a bad thing, it's bad. Deep teaching, huh? And you get to the point where you've got to realize, what am I going to focus upon? Because it will attract you and it will draw you. We are involved on this earth, if you're a born-again Christian, in a fight of faith. And that fight of faith will never, ever go away until you go to be with Jesus. And that fight of faith, I believe, is going to intensify. I think it was intense for 2014. It's going to intensify again. And a fight of faith is always based on the foundation of faith, which is love. Love is the foundation, and we know that faith grows by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And that is the written Word of God. And that is the spoken word that God is giving us by the Spirit on a daily basis, the fresh manna that He gives to us. That is what our faith is based upon, and that's what we need to focus upon. Because if we don't, your, your mind, and I'm going to be doing a series on the mind very shortly, your mind has a tendency, if you're not disciplined, to wander. Can you say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know that's true. Yeah, and it, your mind, my mind... Any of our minds will wander if we do not get it focused on what it needs to be focused upon. And throughout the year of the fight of faith for 2014, there were a lot of things that went really well, and then there were those things that can take our focus if we get it over there and, and try to make us a little bit disappointed. Now, let me see the hands to make sure we got all the right people here. How many of you had some things that brought you tremendous joy and victory in 2014? Can I see your hands real high? Praise God. Now, can I see the hands of all the people and you'd say, I experienced some pretty heavy-duty disappointment in 2014. So what we have an opportunity to do 
learn from the disappointment, focus on all the good things, and build our faith with what God is speaking to us in 2015. If you're not careful, you will focus upon the things that didn't go right, and then you won't reach out the way God wants you to reach out in 2015. I can speak to my own life. There was a time when, uh, not coming into the new year, when I know that I know that I know what I heard. I knew what my thought was that I thought was from God. How many of you know that you may not know for sure something is coming to you from God, but you know what you think? This is not a trick question, so shake your head yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know what I think. Nobody doesn't know what they think. Your, your mind is always thinking 20, 30, 40, 50,000 thoughts a day. You know what you think, do you not? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know what I think. Your job is to sort out what is it that is from God and what is it that is not from God. And once you get to the point when you can sort it out, then you begin to meditate and think the things of God. And there were some things in my life, just like in your life, that you thought God told you to do. You did them and they didn't quite work out the way you had hoped they would. And I was sharing this with Pam one day and it was a it was kind of a little bit of a, a situation meltdown with me. Just some, uh, how many of you ever had a pity party? Only one person shows up. Well, maybe two, you and the devil. And uh, he'll, he'll egg you on and say, yeah, 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 you got a right to be that way. But, uh, but it was one of those types of things. And what I had said was, I know, I know that I did what I thought God said to do, but it didn't work out the way I had hoped it would. This is instantly what I heard. Who told you it would work out the way you hoped it would? Whoa, it was like revelation. It's like, wow, that's right. All I heard was what I was supposed to do. How I hoped it would turn out didn't work out that way. But to the best of my ability, I think I did what God told me to do. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm in charge of the rest. All you have to do is plant the seed and do what I've called you to do. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I can do that. If you're not careful, you will pick and choose what you do for the Lord based on what the potential outcome will be. And just between the services after that first message, I told Pam, I said, Pam, I know this thing that God is telling me to do. I know what I'm supposed to, to go to da, 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 and I filled in a few of the blanks. I said, however, the opportunity for fallout is really great. And she said, as a very wise woman, did God tell you to do it? Turn to your neighbor and say, did God tell you to do it? You are probably just like I am. How many of you like to be liked by people? How many of you get up in the morning and say, I hope everybody's ticked off with me? <laughs> I, I doubt if any of you did that. I think all of us want to be liked and interchange with people and have a great time and things like this. But there's a fine line between feeling that way and being a people pleaser. If you become a people pleaser, you will pick and choose to do for God what you think will cause the least amount of ripple. But yet God may be trying to get you to be involved in getting somebody off the railroad track before the train comes. Well, if I pull them off the track, they may be upset with me. Well, if you don't pull them off the track, there is going to be no them, and you're going to be guilty the rest of your life. So, what we do is we think the things that we want to think based on the repercussions sometimes. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Now, here's the good news. It's in Romans 8.28. 
it says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So whatever you experienced in 2014, God's going to turn it around and use it for good. You remember that day I got really upset with you, Pam? And I said some things I shouldn't have said. You remember that day? None of you have ever done that, right? None of you have ever done it. It was, it was a day that I just really lost. Let me see the hands of all the people who have ever lost it. And, and when I lost it that day, and then I came and I said, honey, I'm just really sorry. You know, blah, 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 and, you know, you try to put it back in the box after the box is open or whatever. And, yeah, whatever, foot rubs, anything you want, it's available. <laughs> and, uh, but I said, God, that's not me. But I know I did it. Does that make sense to you? That's not me, but I know I did it. And I felt like the Lord showed me the root of it and said, now, I'm going to show you how to fix it, so don't do it anymore. So the fact that it happened was not a good thing, but the fact that I learned from it is a good thing because all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Now, the two things that you have to have settled in your life is that you are not perfect. You are being perfected. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know that <laughs> about you. <laughs> we, we, we are not perfect. We are being perfected. And that if we allow God to use us, and that if we really say, God, I love you so much that I'm called according to your purpose, what do you want me to do? Then all of the things that you do right are going to be used for good in your life, and all of the things that you do wrong when God convicts you, He's going to turn them around and strengthen you in that area of your life. So no matter what you experience, you're going to be strengthened. Now, I can, I can reflect and focus on what I said that I shouldn't have said and feel bad about myself all the time, or I can receive his conviction, repent, and feel good about myself all the time. Which would you rather do? Look at the disappointing things or look at the things that you know God wants you to look at, which are the good things? It's a no-brainer, folks. Let's say it. I'm going to focus on the good things. And that God wants to take you from glory to glory. Now, what we're going to have to do if we're going to get ready for this fight of faith, I believe that, the, that the, there is going to be an intense fight of faith to stand on what you believe God told you. And I want to encourage all of you. There are two things we have as you leave today. One is a Bible reading plan. Some of you have your own. Stick with it. Do it. But this is the one we have for you. It's how to read through the Bible every single year, uh, every single year, every day of the year. And then the other thing that I have that I really encourage you to have is some type of a written goal for the year. Now, I've used this one since 2001. I came up with it. It's real simple. Uh, uh, the year, uh, you put the year at the top. What are the seven things you feel like, major things that you feel like God is speaking to you to do? And what are the seven major things that you have a desire of your heart that you would like God to do for you? And then the scriptures down there that would back up those things. And I encourage all of you to have something like this. It doesn't have to be this form, but something like this. I go back and I read mine from 2001 all the way to the present. And there are years, 2014. When I looked at it, and it's like, wow, there's some things God told me to do. I did not do them, uh, but I'm going to do it again. This is the good thing. I think it's a good thing. Uh, whatever God told you to do for 2014 that you didn't do, let me see the hands of all the people. There are some things God told you to do for 2014 that you did not do. Okay, here's the good news. 
He's not going to let you off the hook. He's going to tell you to do them in 2015. So it's good news. Like when you train up a child and you tell a child to do something a certain way and the child doesn't do it, you don't get angry with them. You don't get upset with them. You love them unconditionally. However, you're going to tell that child, now we're still going to do that thing because it's good for you. Well, God knows what he asked you to do and he's still going to have you do it. I was going to read through the Bible last year. I've only read through the Bible, I think, three times in my whole life, maybe four times. Last year I was going to read through, I thought God asked me to read through the Bible last year. So I had that as number one thing, on my, number three thing on my list that God was asking me to do. Number three thing on my list, January knocked it out of the ballpark. February I was awesome. March started to wobble a little bit. April it was going down fast. It was a plane that cra- June, it was a plane wreck, and I never, I never ever got back on it. Now, I've repented of it, and I was praying just the other day, and here's what I heard. I want you to read through the Bible this year. I'm going to go right back through it. Now, this year, I believe I'm going to make it, but I missed it last year. Now, I can focus on the disappointment, or I can focus upon how much God loves me, and He knows it's going to strengthen me, and I'm going to get back on track and do it this year. Does that make sense? So, tell your neighbor, you can do it. Now, If we're entering in, how many of you, when you are anywhere with a pastor or anybody ministering, they say something, it either bears witness with your spirit or it doesn't. Well, if it doesn't, put it on the shelf. Don't just throw it out. But if it bears witness, then pay attention. And how many of you, when I said that I believe that the fight of faith is going to be intensified in 2015, how many of that bears witness in your spirit? Because now if it does, then we're going to have to do something about it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. James 4, 7 says that your enemy, the devil, that he will submit. Yeah, I mean, that if you submit to God, he will flee from you. It's James 4, chapter 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's not just resist the devil and he will flee. If you're not submitted to God, and if you're out of the will of God, the devil's going to attack you in the area of your mind, and he's not going to leave. And you say, well, I want you out of here, and he's going to hang around. Because you are out of the will of God. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Everybody say it. That's good news. But then when he leaves, he's going away to regroup to attack you again. And where does he attack you? In your mind. He's coming around and he's probing. Ah, pretty strong, pretty mine. Uh, and, and going down here and he's looking, where is there a weakness that I can find? And he'll come into your thought life. But if you resist him, steadfast in the faith, says 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10, says that the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. Now what he's doing, just kind of a visual here, he's coming in his probing. Whoa, strong. And every thought that does not line up with the Word of God, what do you do with it? Cast it out. Whoa, I'm going to come on and get David. This girl's too strong. Now, now, this is the devil speaking. I'll be back. David had a bad day. Whoa. You think 20, 30, 40,000 thoughts a day. Do you know that? Turn to your neighbor and say, you think a lot. There's a, an author out from South Africa. I have been reading some of her material. 
It's, I think it's really awesome. She takes the scriptures and she breaks it down. She's a psychologist. Uh, her name is Carolyn Leaf. She's been on a lot of the Christian networks. Joyce Myers had her. And uh, she breaks it down into the... Re- uh, when I say I like an author, it's because usually I can understand them. And she talks about what happens both spiritually and physiologically in your body when you let it break down through thoughts, a lack of joy, a lack of positive things, and then what happens to your immune system and how it affects all of your life, your eyes and the windows of the soul and all of that. And I encourage all of you that your thought life will determine your faith. And if you're thinking faith-filled thoughts all of the time, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head, not the tail. And you start telling yourself that all of the time, you are eventually going to be whatever your dominant thoughts are, and you're going to believe your dominant thoughts. Tell your neighbor, you'll believe your dominant thoughts. Good, bad, or ugly. You will eventually believe whatever your dominant thought life is. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, cast down every thought and every vain imagination that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. If this thought is not a healthy thought, I refuse to think that thought, and you cast that thing down. Then you begin to walk ready for that fight of faith. There's nothing wrong with having a good fight of faith. A good fight is the fight you win, not a bad fight. Turn to your neighbor and say, a good fight is the fight you win. Nobody ever got the crap beat out of him and said, boy, that was really a good fight. No, it wasn't a good fight. That was a bad fight. The, the, if, if, if you beat up somebody else, then that was a good fight for you. But it was not a good fight if you got beat up. We are walking in victory from victory to victory and glory to glory. And we have the victory. And that this is the victory that overcomes our, the world. It's our faith. So our faith must grow and grow and grow. You know how you can tell if a person has faith or not? very easy. Just listen to them. Look at their eyes and listen to their language. And you can tell whether or not that person is walking by faith or whether they're walking by sight. If you walk by faith, you'll never walk by sight. And you will walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Because everything, every attack that is coming against you in 2015 is already being planned by the devil. You will be attacked. This is not a bad word. Turn to your name and say, you will be attacked. How you repel the attack is by faith. Submitting to God, resisting the devil, he will flee. What will he do? He'll flee to regroup, replan, restructure, and come again. And he'll always come at your point of weakness. Now, in the word of faith movement, and and that I don't like that label, but in the word of faith movement are people that live the word of faith, are people that believe in the word. Sometimes they, they, they can... Well, I don't want to say anything that would be against the Word of God. Well, none of us want to do that. But this is not a bad confession. You will be attacked in 2015. If there's going to be an intensity of the devil's work and the darkness, he's going to attack you more often in 2015 than he did in 2014. So what you've got to do is be prepared for the attack. How do I get prepared for the attack? I build myself up on faith. I build myself up on faith. Jude chapter, what is that? Jude 20? Jude 20, you've built yourself up in your most holy faith, always praying in the Spirit. And you get to the point when you're ready and looking for a good fight. Turn to your neighbor and say, looking for a good fight. When I was a little kid, about eight years old, in my neighborhood here in Lafayette, we had this little boy. His name was Butch. Now, Butch is normally a tough guy. Butch was not a tough guy. Butch was a real, uh, he was not a tough guy. But we were only about seven or eight years old. But Butch was always looking for a fight. Butch was always easy to beat up. 
You know, now when I say beat up, you know, you smack somebody around, they start crying, they go home. Now I know you shouldn't do stuff like that, but what the heck. <laughs> and, and so when Butch would come around, we know Butch is going to pick a fight. And with that, we'll just smack him around a little bit, and he'll go home and cry. And pretty soon his mom will come out and say, you boys shouldn't do that. And we'll say, yeah, we don't, we won't. And then the day, next day we'll do the same thing. Now, that was a good fight of faith. That was, that, that was a good fight because you win it. But Butch would always come back. And then it got to the point when all we had to do is say words a certain decibel level and Butch would turn around and run home. Now, I know it was wrong, but we loved to do it. It was fun to watch Butch melt down. Have you ever been around somebody that you know the buttons to push to melt them down? Oh, before you were saved, wasn't that fun? <laughs> I'm sorry, was I the only one? <laughs> you probably never took a squirt gun and drowned grasshoppers either, my goodness. Okay, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the reason I say that is because it reminds me of the devil. When you stand up against the devil and he knows you're walking by faith and you're speaking by faith and he knows you know who you are and you have no faith activated in your body, he's going to press a while and then he's going to turn around and get out of there because he doesn't want to get beat up by you. He doesn't want to lose face, so he's going to go back with all the rest of those junky principalities and powers and he's going to say, not today on that guy. We'll come back next month, but this day we're leaving him alone. And therefore, we build ourselves up so much by faith that nothing is going to move us and that our reflection on the things of 2014 is only to give us a compass for 2015 and say, you know what, I'm going to reflect on everything that happened. I'm going to embrace the conviction of the Holy Spirit where I need it. And now I'm going to enter into 2015 stronger than I entered into 2014. And when that attack comes, I'll know I'm on the right path. Because if you're not being attacked, you're probably walking hand in hand with the devil. Because a lot of people are trying to appease the devil and they ought to be kicking his hind end out of their house and out of their mind. Can you say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's exactly where he belongs. And that's going to take a tenacity. That's going to take a... Me, spirit, here he comes again. No, 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 no. He is coming again. That's the point I was trying to make about the word of faith. Stand on the word of faith, but it's not it's not a lack of faith to believe you're going to be attacked by the devil. Matter of fact, I think it's a lack of faith if you don't think the devil's going to attack you, because then you can build up for that attack and you know what's happening. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 3, because this message is reflection and refocus, it says that we are to focus, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that we need to focus on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And focus is an undivided attention upon everything that Jesus said, everything that Jesus did. I'm not moved by what I see, I see what I believe. I'll say that again. I'm not moved by what I see, I see what I believe. And we stay focused with tenacity on that. Now, if you don't do this, this is what will happen. And we've ministered to a lot of people over the years that, that fit in the same category. It is, it is, it, it's, all, it's always the same. Number one, disappointment. This is not a bad confession, but I guarantee every single one of you, there is something that will happen in 2015 just like it happened in 2014, you will be disappointed. All disappointment means something did not go the way you had hoped it would go. It's going to happen. It's not a bad confession to say you will be disappointed. Matter of fact, if you feel comfortable, just say, there will be things, will be things. in 2015, 2015 that will disappoint me. Deal with it quickly and move on. Because if you don't, that disappointment will become in your life discouragement. 
it will become a distraction first, then it will become discouragement. Once you become distracted by disappointment, you will start to lose your courage. It'll come next. All discouragement is just a lack of courage. The devil has done something that has caused that disappointment in your life, or maybe it was just a false expectation. I think you ministered on that many years ago, or maybe a few years ago, uh, on, on a false expectation. Sometimes we expect things that are not realistic in the realm of the Spirit with God because it doesn't happen the way we think it should, but it will eventually happen the way God is going to make it happen. And so what we do is we get to the point when we understand that these four things are real in our life, disappointment, then distraction, then discouragement. And then if you stay in discouragement long enough, you will definitely enter into depression. And there are a lot of people today, the real problem with their life is depression, but at the real root is the discouragement that they never dealt with. Sometimes things don't work out the way we had hoped they would, but they will. Now for 2015, I know that one of the most important things that we're going to have to do is to set this scripture that I'm about to share with you. As I was praying Saturday about this message, it just kept going over and over and over this scripture in my, in my body, in, in my spirit. In the world today, we live in, in even in, in some parts of the church, we live in, I don't want to upset anybody. I just don't want anybody to feel bad about themselves. I just, oh, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever it will be, would just be one big happy family. How many of you realize there's a time to confront and love? There's a time to say what you're doing is wrong, and God told me to come and tell you that if you continue, this is going to happen. I have this word for a family recently, and I told Pam, I said, gosh, I think the repercussions if I give this word are going to be could be really strong. And my wife, godly woman, said, you think it was God? You better do it. Uh, but I felt like uh, the Lord gave me this word in this situation that if you continue doing what you're doing, the foundation for your home will crumble. And there'll be a ripple effect, and it'll take all your children away from God. And uh, part of me said, well, who do you think you are to tell somebody that? Now, I've been doing this long enough to realize that wasn't God. That thought was the devil. God's thought was, go tell them, help them, try to rescue them. Plant the seed. You just plant seed. And that when we get to that point, we begin to walk in another dimension of faith, not caring what people think about us, but making sure that we are doing what God told us to do, loving God, and seeking his purpose for our lives. And the, the, the scripture is Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, present your body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. In the world today, now anybody that had stuff happen to them before they received Christ, before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> covered by the blood when you came in, but we seem to have the opinion that, hey, whatever you want to do is okay. Whatever you want to do with your body is okay. Whatever you want to do with this, okay, it's okay. It's not okay. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What you do with your body and your life should be led by the Holy Spirit. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, your earthly tent is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
what you put in it, what you do with it, should be what God shows you. And if we're not doing what God showed us to do, we have gotten out of the will of God and into what is happening in the world today, a very self-centered, narcissistic state, a state of, eh, I don't know, I'm self-seeking. The Word of God says in James 3.16 that where self-seeking and strife are, there is confusion and every evil work, every evil work when people are self-seeking. That's why it is so dangerous. If you think, well, nobody can tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want to do. You are, you, you are entering in to a covenant relationship with the devil, and you better be careful because you're not following the Holy Spirit, and you're not able to walk by faith because you've disassociated yourself with faith because all faith is based on what God said. Does that make sense? Tell your neighbor, all faith is based on what God said. And that's why some people come up to me and say, I'm going to do such and such and such and such. And I say, did God tell you to do that? No. Why are you doing it? Why would you do that to your body, to your mind, to your family, to situations, to circumstances? Did God tell you to do it? No, but everybody else is doing it. Whoa, red flag, red flag. No more everybody else is doing it. Turn to your neighbor. No more, no more everybody else is doing it. None of that kind of stuff. So here's what it says. That we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. And that we do not be conformed to the world, but we be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Is that available to us? Yes. God will never, now listen to this, don't say, I'll never forget this. Tell your neighbor, no, that was too weak. Say, I'm never going to forget this. Tell your neighbor, I'm never going to forget this. God will never not tell you what he wants you to know. I want to say this again. God will never not tell you what he wants you to know. He will tell you his perfect will in every situation in your life. He won't tell you everything you want to know. He will tell you everything he wants you to know so that he can get you moving on the path to fulfill his plan, his will, his purpose for your life. And if you fix yourself like a flint, God is going to pour it out. He's going to show you. He's going to take you from glory to glory. And 2015, you're going to look back when we get to the end and you're going to say, that was an absolutely awesome year. Yep, there were some disappointments, but I dealt with them quickly and I, it was an awesome year. And you stay focused on what God said and you refuse to focus on anything but the good stuff. Let's stand to our feet. Can you say amen? amen. 2015 is going to be an awesome year for every single person pressing into the fullness of God and walking by faith. You cannot walk by faith without living the Word of God. And that's why when Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, when the devil came, he said, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God has never not stopped talking. He's talking through his written word. He's talking by the spirit and he's showing us everything that we have need to hear. I used to say, God, I want to know a lot more than that. <laughs> I heard this one day. You're hearing all you're capable of handling at this time. <laughs> I heard that in my spirit and I knew what it meant. I want to pray for you because 
Sometimes when you go through a, a real disappointing situation and you hear a, a, a message like this and think, well, yeah, but you know, you don't, you don't know what I went through. And that's true. I don't. And there are some disappointments that seemingly take longer to get over than others. I understand that. But I do know this from experience in my life and in the life of the church. The longer you meditate on the disappointment, the closer you are to going the wrong way. The quicker you deal with the disappointment, the quicker you're going to get right back on the road again. And say, that hurt God, but I'm moving on. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you this question. How many of you this year are dealing with some disappointments that really seem to have locked you up and taken your focus? Can I see your hands? Yeah, I see them. I see them real high there. I believe that God wants to set us all free in that area of our lives. I believe that with all of my heart. I want every single person quickly that raised their hand to come down here. You're dealing with the disappointment. You know it's locked you up. We're going to pray for you right now. Pam, come on down here and let's, uh, let's pray for all of these that are coming. Some of the rest of the staff, Dan, Kelly, Sandy. Now, I want all of you, I want all of you, the moment that we lay hands on you, you are releasing your faith. It's not somebody's hand. You are releasing your faith that that disappointment is going to be gone. You don't want it any longer. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to take that disappointment. You can reflect upon it, but don't stay focused upon it. Refocus on what the Word of God says, and that that thing that disappointed you, you're going to be strengthened in that area of your life. I want us all to lift our hands. Those of you at the congregation, just stretch their hands out for We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.